There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the uh, Stompcast. Lauren and I are trudging our way through Walthamstow Marshes. And actually, do you know what? I feel really grateful to be out walking today. It's, it's a kind of... We're at the kind of sunset point now. There's a bit of a glow in the air. You feel it's autumnal, but it's still fresh and nice to be out. And it's stopped raining as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a bit drizzly, but yeah, we're not ah, in the trenches of it all now. Wonderful. We're not in the trenches, and we have, we're very lucky to have a path to walk on, so I'm not on yeah. my backside. I haven't spent any time on my backside so far. Which That's is... good. I'll try and keep you up right here. <laughs> Have you got me? Can you spot me if I fall? Have you, you got a quick reaction? <laughs> I mean, you're wearing camouflage colours, honey, but I'll do my best. Yes, fantastic. You catch me if I fall. We all know how imperative it is to have good, solid footwear while out stomping, and so I'm excited to be sponsored by Fitflop this week. You know by now that the mission of the Stompcast is to get you out walking every week for an hour, and we have no weeks off, which means we're walking in all weather conditions. One week we'll be hiking through muddy woods on a wet and windy day, and the next we're waltzing through a park on a crisp and sunny afternoon, and so we can't get wrong what's on our feet. Luckily, Fitflop have got us covered for all terrains and conditions. For wintry walks, their range of wander wellies, which are totally waterproof, yet feel just like trainers, are perfect for wading through puddles. And for sunnier climbs, there's a great range of sandals and breathable knit trainers available too. Of course, each pair of shoes are made with our body's natural movement in mind. And so whatever the weather, you'll be set for stomping. Now... In the first part, we talked about um, your relationship with Dame Deborah and Rachel Bland and kind of that journey through the podcast. I'd really like to talk more about your own personal journey because you mm-hmm. talk so much about the importance of peer-to-peer support around um, people who live with cancer um, and basically how, I guess, we can support each other through the difficult times effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you talk me through about... You know what age you were when you were diagnosed with breast cancer how that happened and your kind of journey through that yeah i mean i was diagnosed at age 31 which is no age is it really um i have my natural breasts are the ones i have now very small they're a nod to a breast to be honest so when i found a lump i didn't necessarily think it would be anything because in my head i thought you had to have a significant bosom to get breast cancer um i found this lump taken a notice and then about A month later, I was at Glastonbury with my best friend, and it was still there. And we were both a bit hammered, and we were in the tent, and I said, here, babe, feel this. She went, oh, that's big. I went, is it? I went, I've never had a cyst or anything before. She said, yeah, you should, like, definitely get that checked out. Um, At the time, I just moved house, so I didn't have a GP at the time, because, you know, you need your blooming letters, don't you, have all your address and everything. So I went to a walking centre. I went to hospital, and I said, look, there's a lump in this breast. It's been here for, like, three or four months that I've noticed. It's painful. Uh, it feels quite big, but I just want to get it checked out. So they examined me, like, with their hands, and they said, yep, there's a lump there, it is big, but you're young, you've got no family history, I wouldn't worry, go and get the GP to refer you. And I said, but I don't have one, that's why I'm here, can you not just yeah. 
scan me or refer me to the clinic here. No, it has to be the GP. So because they said you're young, not worried about you, all that jazz, I just bounded out. They're like, yeah, okay, cool, it's probably a cyst, fine, it will go away on its own. I didn't think I had to worry. Um, and thank goodness for good old Tina Ma and my mum. I got to like August, she's like, babe, you, need, you haven't got that checked again, have you? I was like, oh, no, I haven't. She went, go back and get that done now, you can register. And yeah, I went and registered at the GP surgery there and then on the spot they did it for me because I said I had a lump and within two weeks I had all the biopsy scans and it was cancer and it was like the world fell from underneath me because there was no reason why it would be me. Like my risk factors were so low. Um, but it really threw me through a loop. It, it, it literally just was like walking into a brick wall. And I remember saying to my mum, why me? And then she said, why not you? Should why anyone else? She was like, you can handle this. You're going to be fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Still and a shock, though, isn't it? regardless. It's oh just for God, anyone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, I've never, like, I can't explain. The way I cancer it, has such a Well, I thought I was going to die. It, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's what you think it is. And I didn't know anybody else my age who'd gotten cancer. People I knew who had cancer was my mum had it and survived it when she was younger. My grandparents had it and they didn't survive, all three of them. So it's like... Yeah. Your perception is so warped. And then I think what happened was, when we talk about the peer-to-peer -peer stuff, is that the minute I was like, I need to speak to people who like me, who've been through it and come out the other end, because I need to see that I can do this. Yeah. And I also need to speak to girls who talk like me, who swear, who like to go and get pierced. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like people who still want yeah, to be you themselves. Relate to, you relate to. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah and that just wasn't happening, really. So I started talking about my experience on Instagram under the hashtag girl versus cancer. And all of a sudden, a community formed. And... It was so powerful and I think the way that I articulate things and put things, it feels really relatable, but also it's different. It's not like traditional charity no. vibes, you know. I think it's... you speak just without the, and I don't mean filter in terms of just like say whatever's and like mm. you're swearing acting blind the whole time, but just not kind of trying to hide it from what it is. I don't know if that yeah, makes any yeah, sense. No, like of, take... It feels just very raw. Maybe that's the word. Just this is... Yeah. It's unfiltered, isn't it? Yeah, like saying it exactly how it is. I think uh, with the bigger charities, obviously, and that's no shade on them, but no. they have to be so general and broad because they have to fit everyone. Whereas I'm like, this is a space for people like me who talk yeah. like me, yeah. um, who feel like me. And it's not an age thing or anything like that. It's like anyone's welcome. It's not a gender thing. Anyone's welcome. But yeah. I'm really proud of what it's done. So for me... And it's continued to grow, hasn't it? Like how yeah. many, you have so many followers, not only on your own page, but on that community as well. Yeah, I think we're, we're just over 50,000 now wow. on Girl Versus. And that's really, wow. that's organic as well. That's wow. like, you wow. know, we've raised now about £100,000 for other charities. And now I've got my charity, my own charity number this year. Because um, I was raising so much money and giving so much away. And actually that's not sustainable for the work yeah. I want to do for people. Yeah. You very recently also um, had your honorary doctorate, isn't that true? Yeah, I'm a doctor. Which is, which is yeah. about, well, right, we're doctors together. We're doctors together. Can I tell you a fact? You are a real doctor. I'm not because... You need go, to duck because this yeah. is a low, low bridge. We are ducking under the bridges here. Yeah, we show you this. This is cool. I'm you, taking you very often. So, did you know that doctors aren't really doctors? So, actually, we were given... Um, the kind of title to, to kind of discern a doctor from someone that isn't but actually it comes from phds yeah so essentially really? yeah so a medical doctor doesn't have a doctorate there you go i did a medical degree i don't have a doctorate though well, i do honey you do Borrow you do and, I, and you know what yours is very well deserved it's from cancer research is that babe true? it's from the institute of cancer research at wow. the university of london and i'm a i have a doctorate in that medical is incredible. science. That's absolutely incredible. And do you know what? Isn't that amazing? You've probably saved more lives than almost anyone in that field. Think about it that way. Imagine. 
No Imagine. way. It is true. It is no. absolutely true. Public health mm -hmm. has the has the ability to change the world, and that that and, and in terms of health, you know, it's that idea. If you go back to when public health all started, I'm doing a, I'm doing a degree in public health at the moment. Right. If you look at if you can change or improve everyone's blood pressure by a few units, you can save literally tens of thousands of lives from heart attacks Amazing. so so the idea is that, that if you can adjust people's behavior a little bit or say for example you know get and that you were saying about dame deborah getting the deborah effect with yeah. screening tests yes think how many lives that saves i mean yeah. like tens of thousands almost you can't even necessarily directly measure all the impact it has but it's huge. Yeah. You know, okay. so what you've done, you've very much, what I'm saying is that <laughs> you really deserve your doctorate. Oh, thanks, Pat. I'm sure you're very well aware of that, right? You don't need, you know me, don't need just, me telling you that, but I, honestly, you really deserve it. I, when Incredible. we found out we were getting it, so Deborah knew, we found out in March that we were getting it um, and that it would, the ceremony would be the end of the year and we were really hoping that Deborah would be well enough to do it. Yeah. Um, so her mum and dad accepted it on her behalf, but I'm just so glad she knew. But it was just this really surreal moment where Steve and I sat on stage with these Nobel Prize winners and like these elite people in medical science. And then me and Steve are like, we're talking to microphones. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to microphones. It's not even like we look into microscopes, we're talking to microphones. No, but you're, you're out of doing... everything, like we, I've been very lucky with the podcast. We've won like a fair few awards now. You're not and, lucky, like, it's deserved. Stop oh, saying that. Thank you, buddy. People always, thank you're, you're you. being too humble when you're. When I'm being humble. Yeah, no, we deserve them all. You give, do all the, give all the give awards more. to us. Give them all. Playing the cancer card more. here, guys. Get I want all the awards. More doctorates, all kinds of ones. Everything. Why not? Everything, Everything you got, throw them at me. Peace, Nobel Peace, Peace Prize. Why not? I mean, why not? That, Chuck that, in for that's, it. That's, that's a pretty impressive one, actually. I think I'm going to go for that one next. Have that next year. Well, you've done this one. You might as well go for the next. May as well, hun. But it, it, do you know what? The doctorate is the thing that I am probably most proud of out of everything. Incredible. Because to be recognised by the Institute of Cancer Research, oh, for me, is just overwhelming. Like, it's huge. huge. So, yeah, that, I'm really, really, really grateful for that. I'm really lucky. And I still have a bit like, what has happened? Well, um, you know, I think it's, I think we said it earlier on, it was, um, we were, uh, like, just, we were waiting for a train to pass. And I think we were saying about um, the law of intention, like moving in the direction. But you are yeah. actively doing the things, helping people. So why would it not happen? Yeah, you know? I think as well, though, it's just like your intent. So like, as Deb and I always said, like, we never knew the aim was for never to be. I mean, we're so glad it was yeah. and it is. But our focus was always on helping people, whether that was one, two or three, yeah. like the, to get to where we have been was never on our radar. So like, I feel like, you know, as long as your intention's right, and as long as you're moving in, like what you said, the right direction, that it aligns with you, that it is your North Star and you believe in it wholeheartedly, you'll never go wrong. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty. Like, we never started the podcast to be an award-winning podcast. We started no. the podcast to help people. Yeah. And yeah. I feel really grateful and lucky that that's what wow. we've achieved. Going back to, um, to your journey with mm -hmm. being diagnosed, you're 31 years old. Yep. You first of all go to a clinic, you're sent to go home and say, no, go and get referred. There's a period of time you get referred, you get diagnosed. That whole, as you said, that, that kind of shock is there and you're thinking about how you can connect with people. Talk me through what happens, because for anyone listening, like what happens next? So you're a young person, you've, got, yeah. you've been diagnosed with a lump that they've said it's cancer. Mm -hmm. what, what happened next? Well, this is the thing. This is why I started talking about it. So first of all, I'm in the room. They said, you've got cancer. They said it was grade three. I heard stage three. I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. They're like, no, it means it's aggressively growing. We've got to get rid of it quickly. Loads of chemo, loads of radio, loads of surgery. Fine. But then they said, do you want kids? And I'm looking at this woman like, eh, what, 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 what were you talking about? And it's, it's that moment then of going, okay, so this is going to impact my future and my life. 
do I want children? The medicine's going to make me infertile. My cancer's hormonally driven, which means I'm going to have to be on drugs that put me into menopause at some point. It was all these big decisions I was having to make in a split second when my life just been like turned to rubble pretty much. So I never knew about that. Then obviously you've got to look at work and things like that. So it's like, okay, well, I, I'm going to work as much as I can. But realistically, you, when you're on like quite rough chemo, yeah. it's a difficult thing to do to go into the office. Your immune system's on its ass. Anyone's got a cough or a cold that puts you, can put you neutropenic. There's all these things, all these complications that I had no idea about. And, why, and in some ways, why would you, I guess? Yeah, and I'm glad that I didn't, yeah. but that's why I want to be really open and honest and, and share that, that kind of experience yeah. because, let's face it, you know, if someone else goes through it, I want them to know that yeah. ahead of time. I want them to know that if they are having chemo where their hair's going to fall out to buy loads of hankies, because I'm telling you now that snot has nothing to hold it in and you'll turn your head... <laughs> And snot will fly across the room. <laughs> it's all these things I had no idea about. But you want someone to tell you. Like... It is those things that, like, again, like, why would you necessarily know unless you've got someone to kind of help you through and say, well, actually, do you know what? This is what to expect. This is some of the things that can happen. Yeah. Psychologically as well, going through it, not just even uh, yeah. uh, physically. But maybe we'll talk, because um, you mentioned a few things there. So, I mean, you went to the clinic and people call it triple assessment, don't they? Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you get your history taken, clinical examination, imaging, and if you need, then you get the biopsy yeah, as well, biopsy. don't you? So that lets you know whether it's cancerous or not, yeah. what kind of grade it is, um, whether it's hormonally driven or not. Mm -hmm. And your treatments are split into surgical, which basically means removing it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So for some, that may mean local excision, so just taking yeah, so out the lump. Yeah, so I had a lumpectomy. So a lumpectomy. I, yeah. because my breasts are, natural breasts are small and I'm quite slight, I mean, I've definitely got more junk in my trunk these days, but back then I was very, very slight. And I said to them, just take the breasts off, just take them off. I've never really had a relationship with them. I don't care, like, get them off me now. Yeah. And they said no, because actually, if we have to reconstruct your breasts and take tissue from other parts of your body, you're going to be left with worse scarring. Okay. So their way was like, right, we're going to give you eight chemos rather than six, try and squeeze this lump down to as small as we can get it yeah. to save the breast, yeah. and then hit you with radio. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yes, boss. So that's what they did. Yeah. So I had eight rounds of chemo, which was very... I, it's so weird to kind of box it up, but now... When you say eight rounds of chemo, what do you mean? So for people listening who don't, don't yeah. know, what, what, what does that actually so practically eight, mean? So eight IV infusions of chemo therapy. So in the vein, chemotherapy. In the vein, so a, a drug, from a bag. Basically a drug treatment Yeah, in the so vein. it's the drug that basically attacks the fast dividing cells in your body because cancer is a fast dividing cell. However, as well as the bad cells, it will attack the good. So that's where you lose hair, your finger nails get sore. Anything fast growing, basically. Anything gets fast amazing. growing gets affected. I mean, it was great for a while because I didn't have to shave my leg for the best part of the year, but otherwise than that. <laughs> your sense of humor. You, you, should be a, you should be a doctor because you, we are doctors, <laughs> you say like dark humor. I am a doctor. doctor. Yeah, you are. Yeah, well, no, but you're a doctorate. So you remember yeah, what I said? Okay, you, got right. the, you got a PhD level. I'm just, I'm the medical doctor. Okay. But it, the, it's, it's that kind of dark humor. Like it, Anyway, yeah. it gets you through sometimes. When Absolutely. You get, it's like well, a we night just shift always and laughed like... and joked about it. Like, I had my hair, when I lost it, I had a massive ball patch in the middle. I like fry a tuck. So I'd come in and my dad would be like, I'll fry a tuck today. I'd be like, I'm tired. Like, you just kind of... You've got to... Humans to get through some of the hardest things in life by laughing. And like, yeah. honestly, in a pandemic, like, we had to make... You'd have the, laugh, the, the saying, you laugh or you cry, yeah. is so true. It's it so is so, true, so it? true. So, yeah, for me, it was, it was a way of coping. But yeah, so the rounds of chemotherapy are you go in, you get hooked up to an IV. For me, my chemotherapy cycles lasted every three weeks. So you have a couple of weeks where you're really rough and then the last week you start to feel better and then you go back in the chair and get more chemo. 
which is really difficult because when you feel so shit and then you've got to find the strength to get back in a chair willingly and let them put that poison into you, what it feels like at the time. It's kind of your knowing that it's just made you feel really bad and you're now sitting yeah. down to give yourself another dose of what yeah. made you feel bad. What, what does that do to you psychologically? I always kind of describe it as, I don't know, have you watched Deadpool? Yes, I have. We yeah, have Ryan yeah, Reynolds yeah, in it, yeah, right? Yeah, so you yeah. know the bit where he's in the oxygen chamber yeah. and they starve him of oxygen yeah. and then they bring the oxygen back in and he's like, <gasps> yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like that. It's like you get to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then you go back in again. It's like that constant sway wow. of enough, I can't, how am I ever going to do this? And then wow. you do. And I think what being so ill with the treatment taught me was that I can withstand way more than I realised I could. Like, because you have to, because it's life or death. I didn't have to do chemo, but I wanted to live. So it's just, it does something psychologically to you, for sure, having like what I say, is that's the closest death I want to get in my adult life. Yeah, yeah. But my life is so much richer for it. I just, it's crazy that I had to be cancer to teach me the lesson. Because I think we all get there eventually. It's just what makes us get there. So you mean like because you kind of suffered so much and felt so weak um, mm -hmm. with the chemo, it made you think about like how good life, do you, is that what you mean? Like in yeah, terms of like but also just closer to death near to life, is that the... Yeah, the... I think it just made me appreciate things a bit more and not take things for granted. Like I just, if there's something, you know, we talk about law of attraction before, if there's something that I really want to do or want to experience or feels important to put out in the world, I start making the steps towards doing it. Yeah. Because if it's right and it's meant to happen, divine timing will, will propel it, it forward. But I'd rather just be walking a path that I kind of want to be on, not really sure where it's going to end up, than like just floating around. Does that mean, like, you know, when you say that, because sometimes I hear people say like they had a near death experience and then they kind of like climb Everest and they do all these like crazy things. Mm. It doesn't mean going to the extremes or is it appreciating <laughs> the little things as well? Mate, I'm not climbing Everest. Absolutely not. I'm Deb, not doing that Deb... I know, I know I'm not the same experience, but I'm really never climbing not, Everest. Mate, honestly, like Steve and Deb were always trying to get me to do the marathon. And he was like, Deb's doing it and she's got stage four cancer. I was like, I don't care. I don't want to run for six hours, dude. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do it. But it, That would it, definitely be me. It's not happening. No, I think everyone feels like you go through something like cancer. And I say near death in a way that... It was something that could have killed me. Well, it's life-threatening, yeah. We, yeah. It's, just, it's just something that's like genuinely like, oh my God, what's going to happen yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. So but having uncertainty around your own mortality is not nice. Because at 31, you kind of should live a superhuman, you know? But for me, it's like everyone, I think, feels like they've got to do this big thing. And you don't. Like, I think the best thing you can do after something like that is to live your life fully, wholeheartedly, in a way that makes you happy. Like, so if that is climbing Everest, great. If that's getting a dog, great. If that's quitting your job, great. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be this huge moment because then I feel like that's more for show for other people than it is for your own well-being. Yeah, yeah sure, so sure. Like, so you're trying to prove a point because this has happened. Like, yeah. now I feel like I have to do this. Like, my, um, like, girl versus cancer just felt a very natural thing for me to do because I've, I worked in social media. I already yeah. had an Instagram. I blogged. It was a very natural thing for me to do. It wasn't this thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's like... I need to do something. This feels the most natural to me. Well, so I'm pretty I did sure it. that all of the all the people following the account, as well as the podcast, will be very grateful that you are doing that. Cheers, mate. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor this week, Fitflop. Don't forget to head to fitflop.com to make sure you're equipped to stomp in all weathers, just like me and my guests. 
Guys, we are now walking towards sunset, literally. Are we, all we are, actually, walking actually, west? We? we are, and it's, the sun is dropping, but it's kind of beautiful. We can see to our right, we've got the uh, canal. Yeah. Walthamstow Canal. It's, it's very peaceful. We've got some boats. People are settling down with a cup of tea inside. It's very relaxing, to be fair. Someone's got a little dog in there as well. That's a good life in a canal boat. Yeah, well, and I love the smell of coal fires too. Yeah, we can smell the coal fire, which is beautiful. Someone's hung their bicycle on the back of the, the boat over the water. It's quite clever. There's a way to stop people getting nicked. You try and steal that, you might fall in, so <laughs> don't do that. Anyway, guys, listening, um, I hope you've enjoyed part two. Um, I'm feeling very inspired. I'm feeling very uh, motivated. And we're going to stomp our way into part three. And by the time we're done, it will be dark. It's Perry. Oh, oh my gosh, echo. can you hear that? We're in, echo. we're in another echo. Hello? Oh, wow. Stormcast. Stompcast. <laughs> there you go. We're under an echo. Gosh, what a way to finish part two. See you guys soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.